0: What if your life was a dance? What if you could learn to perform it with grace and power? My name is Tudor Alexander and I want to be your partner as we choreograph the dance of life. Join me as we share in some of the most meaningful life lessons and strategies that I've discovered in my career as a professional athlete and entrepreneur. We'll talk business, transformation, gratitude, and everything in between as we dance our way through life. Together, we'll learn and navigate life's changes and dance to whatever the music is playing. Are you ready? It's time for the Dance of Life. What's up, what's up, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me. Happy Friday again. This is the Dance of Life podcast. My name is Tudor Alexander, and I will be your host today. Thank you again. For joining me on this ride, it's been quite a ride in the last year and change that I've been doing this podcast. So as you can see, there's a new name for a couple of weeks now, and it's really you know it's a lot more in alignment with the things that I want to talk about. With the book that I'm writing, Dance Dance Your Way Through Life. I'm a professional dancer, obviously sharing the things that are valuable to me in my career and as an entrepreneur, as a professional athlete that have made a difference in my performance in my results in the way that I experience life the things that have made it easier strategies beliefs all those kind of things so that's really the dance of life you know so that's what this is all about and today I wanted to share with you a like a little mini thought experiment or, or an idea that I came up with about what is the strongest thing in the world you know and I think that's a really cool idea and when we think about strength I actually looked up strength in the dictionary to see what it would actually say. And the definition that I came up with was the capacity for exertion or the power to resist force. You know, when we think about strength and we think about things that are durable or that they can overcome or have more power. And when you think about the capacity for exertion or the power to resist force, you tend to think of this rigid material or something that's just like really you know, it doesn't get wear and tear on it. It can just resist change. Basically it can resist impermanence or or the constantly changing world that, that we live in. But if you give it some more thought, you know, that that's more like adaptability, you know, flexibility. Something that's adaptable and that's malleable, that can handle change, you know, anything that's rigid is not going to be very healthy in that sense because things are constantly changing. It's it's impossible for anything to stop. So if something is rigid, it will not be able to withstand change for very long. You know, like when you have a skyscraper and there's, a, there's an earthquake, those things are designed in mind to be able to ride out those shockwaves. If it's too rigid, you know, the building's going to come crashing down. So even things that appear rigid to us have some level of flexibility. So what that means is that strength and flexibility are really like two sides of the same hand. You know, one cannot go without the other. And if we look at everything in the universe is ruled by this thing we call impermanence. This is something that I talk about a lot, has influenced a lot of my thinking, my writing. Impermanence is the constantly changing universe and just the the mechanism that we live in that is constantly changing. Everything is continually morphing into something else, you know, entropy death, change, growth, life, it's all constantly changing. So if something is going to be strong, it also has to be flexible and adaptable. So with that said, what is, there is one thing, there is one thing, I'll let you try to figure it out, but I'll give it to you pretty soon here, is one thing that it can resist change, one thing that is able to to do something that you can't see anywhere else in the universe. And this is, I find very fascinating. And that one thing is, drumroll, your mind. Your mind is the one thing that can resist change, that can create a permanent state, that can create something that is unchanging. You know, that is basically, it defies the laws of the universe because even at the most microscopic level, everything is constantly decaying and changing and shifting. You know, you, you, you look at a tree today and you look at the same tree tomorrow, it's not the same tree. We think it is because in our mind, we see the picture and we relate it to yesterday's picture, but it really is not the same tree. You are not the same person you were yesterday. Physically, measurably, you are not the same person. So everything is constantly changing. So something that can resist change, you know, that would make it really the strongest thing in the world. If you think about it, because it can resist the most fundamental driving force of the universe. And how does that work? How does our mind resist change? How does it how can it create that permanence? How can it be basically, you know, immune to the laws of the universe? Well, the mind, and this will come in handy towards as we get to the point of this episode, but I want you really be present to this that the mind it's not a physical thing. The mind is a construct, it's a it exists in a changeless realm. It's a exists in a, a realm of ideas and words and language it's it's a created structure and when you when you put in your mind an idea it it acts as a permanent thing so for example if you go get some french fries and they're stale or something and you say man those french fries are stupid or they're nasty when you say that to yourself like that is a that that vibration stays with those French fries until you've changed it. In your mind, there's a permanent snapshot. It takes pictures of how the world works. That's why I said when you look at that tree, you're not seeing that actual tree. You're seeing a picture in your mind. Your mind recognizes it, but by recognizing it, it's comparing it to a memory. Of memory is a picture. It's a stagnant, you know, stationary imprint of the tree from yesterday. And it says, Oh yeah, that's the same tree. It's not the same tree. It's a picture of the tree. So your mind works in pictures. It works in pictures and it also works in language because, you know, we we have words for things. And when you create a word for something, that word doesn't depreciate. It doesn't, when I, when I think those french fries are nasty, tomorrow that word hasn't changed in my mind, you know, unless I willfully like, oh yeah, you know what, those weren't too bad. No, it's still going to be nasty. That memory is there stuck forever described as nasty in my mind. So your mind creates words for things as permanent states of being. So this is a very important thing to know because your mind works with these permanent things, and that's how it works. It creates permanence. And in a sense, it defies the laws of the universe because everything outside of the mind works by the laws of change. Everything is constantly changing and decaying, but your mind creates these permanent states with the pictures that it creates and with the words that it that it uses. So that's really very powerful because what that means is that is the mechanism by which we move and create anything. You know, if our minds, if you think about it, if our minds were constantly shifting from one thing to another, if we didn't have that capability with our memory, with our language... We would just be like a fly or anything else that is basically bouncing around, reacting to short-term stimuli, and not creating anything. You know, it's just basically swept up in the change, in the mechanism. Uh, But because we can do that, because we can create these elaborate mental pictures and fix them in our mind, unchanging, that's what draws us forward. That's what allows us to paint future pictures, as I say, or create goals or, you know, motivate ourselves to the point where even pain or changing circumstances cannot alter our direction, you know? And that's why I said the mind is the strongest thing in the universe, because it's also on one side, it can resist change, right? You know, nobody can force you to do anything unless you agree to it. So that's pretty powerful. And on the other side, it also has that flexibility. Remember, strength and flexibility go hand in hand. They're both, you know, factors of each other. So the mind has ultimate strength because it can resist change if If we want to use it that way, but it also has ultimate flexibility, and what does that mean? It means that the mind your mind is an open canvas, it is something that you can paint the most ridiculous pictures, the most outlandish you can paint anything in your mind, and that that is priceless that is ultimate flexibility that means you can go anywhere in your mind, you know, so it is the strongest thing in the universe because of those two aspects you know we measure a muscle strength by how flexible it is and how much it can contract well your mind when it makes a decision it is contracting it is deciding i'm going to be doing this or i'm going to quit smoking or you know when it when it stretches right just like a muscle it opens up to a new idea and it can be infinite you can literally dream up anything and that's that's incredibly powerful that makes your mind the strongest thing in the universe and with that, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. And it's important to, to know that although your mind is limitless, you know, the body that it's connected to is not, right? That's something that we have to constantly remind ourselves. You know, there is a, there's a chain of, of, of actions that I constantly talk about, which is awareness leads to belief leads to action, leads to result. You know, you've seen something like this before, I'm sure. But those, that flowchart, you know, your awareness is basically, that's where you control the flexibility of your mind. It means how open how open is your mind to new information? That's where, that's the only limitation is basically are you open and therefore you learning. You know, today we live in an age where you can access any kind of information, learn anything, so really it's your own willingness which allows an open mind to be flexible. But knowing something and believing it is two different things. When you believe, you extract something out of your awareness, out of your knowledge base, out of your mental library, and you attach emotion to it, and you believe in that, and that's going to lead to your actions, which leads to your results. Now, the thing is, awareness and belief, which is, let's say, on the left side, if you're, if you're looking at it, that's, that's on the inside. That's controlled by your mind. Your action and your results, they're limited in a sense because they exist in space and time. Your actions, you know, I I can want to be a millionaire tomorrow. You know, I can put that in my mind right now. That's not a problem. But doing that and taking action and creating the results, even more important, that's not going to happen in a day. You know, space and time go slowly. And that's where your mind will be challenged. So when we experience challenges, that power the strongest thing in the universe, that power can very easily turn against us. And often it does because the same power that it has to create literally anything or create these states of permanence, like when you imagine a vision that inspires you and you keep that vision in your mind, no matter what challenges come up and it motivates you forward and past all of these life's changes, it's also the same power that can backfire on you when something doesn't go your way. You know, and you call yourself stupid or you call yourself bad or you blame a situation and in your mind. Now you've created a permanent negative situation. You've created your own wall basically because that's what the mind does. It creates permanence. It creates things that are snapshots. It doesn't, it doesn't work in accordance to change. It is a, a creator of stillness, of things that. That do not move. You know, an idea is a fixed thing. You know, sure, we can alter the idea, but that's another fixed thing that's altering it. It's a picture. You know, it creates a picture that draws you forward. And when things aren't going your way, when things fail, when we have, you know, circumstances that challenge us, again, when we start taking action towards those results, space and time is full of circumstances. And some of them, most of them, are unpleasant you know especially on the road to something great so your mind can turn against you and in that sense it is a very devastating thing because it is the strongest thing in the world and in your world in your reality your mind is the strongest thing so if it turns against you notice how those beliefs those limiting beliefs those thoughts those feelings what you are aware of how that is limiting your actions, and your results. You know, normally when we fail at something, the first inclination is to start creating a wall. And that wall can be in the form of a limiting belief about yourself. Like, I suck at this, I shouldn't be doing it. It could be a wall about, you know, the, the situation at hand. Or, you know, I, I'm terrible at podcasting, podcasting sucks, you know, I shouldn't be doing this, or whatever. <laughs> I'm just using an example, but, uh, you know, I actually love podcasting, it's been a lot of fun. But the point is, you know, when you are at something and, it, and you're having challenges with it, the first instinct of the mind is to put a label on it, whatever it is, you know, whether that label is against you, against somebody else, against the situation, there's a permanency. And once we have that label on there, you know, think about it in reverse. It's easier to understand it in reverse. When you have something inspiring that you've labeled, like a picture, a vision, a vision board, an idea, a quote, a concept, That it's inspiring to you, what does that do? That motivates you to act, right? That it pulls you forward. That's the whole point of the mind. Well, when you have an idea that's disempowering, uh, like a limiting belief, a complaint, a you know something that you resent, some negative emotion, that also motivates you to act, but it motivates you to act in an unproductive way—in avoiding, in getting angry, in whatever, and losing your energy. So. Either way, your mind is going to be doing something. It is a very powerful, it is the most powerful tool because it is ultimate openness and ultimate closedness. You know, it can do both of those things. There's no middle ground, you know, and the key is to use it productively because again, your thoughts lead to your feelings. Your feelings create actions. Those create habits. Your habits create character and character over time is gonna determine your life and your destiny. So those things are much easier to fix on the left side of the equation, where we're talking about your beliefs, your awareness, your thoughts, than they are on the right side of the equation. Once you've already taken action, once you've built some habits, once they're part of your character, that stuff is a lot easier, a lot harder to change. So realize that your mind is the most powerful thing in the world. There's a lot of things, part of our mind, evolutionarily speaking, that are there designed, unfortunately, to not be very productive, for example, like negative bias, fight or flight, you know, survival mechanisms. The negative bias is basically our, our our bias against negative situations. We tend to prioritize things that are harmful and dangerous way over things that are positive. That's obviously a survival mechanism, but it's not very useful, you know, these days when there's a lot of things that we interpret as negative and they're not really like life threatening, like, you know, people not liking your post or you know, whatever, somebody breaking up with you. Like, that's not a life-threatening thing, you know, but those things are negative. And our mind, again, is very black and white when it comes to that stuff. So you have to be very vigilant over your mind. It's like a scalpel, you know, it's a very powerful tool. And if it's not used properly, it will it will cut something, you know, either you're going to do brain surgery with it and do save a life and do something amazing, or you're going to cut yourself and, you know, you could really hurt yourself in that sense. So the same thing with the mind. I'll leave you with a, a cool little story, a little idea that I heard about how they used to train fleas in the circus. I think this is true. You can research it. Let me know. But basically they would take a flea and they would put it in a jar and the flea would jump out, try to jump out, boom, boom, boom. It would hit its head on the lid a couple times. And as a result, it would, you know, uh, basically realize that, okay, I can't, (laughs) I can't jump out of this thing. So at the at the point where it decided to jump lower they would remove the lid and then it would never jump out again because in its mind that was the limit so people would come and watch and see the flea jumping around in the jar without a lid so again you know if if it's a flea that can basically make that decision something that has you know 1 millionth of our processing power if it can create a limiting belief for itself that's pretty wild you know that that really impressed me because we think we're so advanced and well above that stuff. But if something that primitive has problems with limiting beliefs, what about us? You know, so your mind is the most powerful thing in the world. It can create or it can, you know, destroy it based on how it, how it acts. It doesn't go anywhere in the middle. Your mind is always creating permanent snapshots of the world based on what you believe and the kind of pictures that you allow in there. Now, those pictures can either be motivating you move, to move forward and grow, or those pictures will motivate you to run and hide and get smaller. But there are there is no middle ground. There's no neutral picture. It's always creating some picture and some word for everybody and for every situation. So you have to examine what are those pictures, because The things that you believe, again, are what drive your actions. So what results you have right now, what results you have are a result of the actions you've taken, but that's not really where you look. You look at the results you have and what beliefs did you have that led to the actions that created those results? Because that's where it comes down to. And what you chose to believe from the things that you know, those are the things that you took action on. So the pictures that are motivating you, that are bringing emotion to your action, Those are the pictures you need to evaluate continually. And if if they're not giving you productive results, then you have to change what you believe because your mind is steering you in a road towards survival rather than towards growth. So your mind is the most powerful thing in the universe. Thank you so much for listening. Take care of your mind be vigilant with the mental pictures and words that you create on a daily basis in your mind, the things that you talk to yourself about situations, about yourself, about other people, uh, continually evaluate those things. It's a, it's a constant practice. I'm always having to do that. It's never something you master, but you do get better at it and you get to, you get to be able to control your mind a little better and, and redirect it. That's what it's all about. It's redirecting. So thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Friday. I hope you guys are killing it out there. And we'll see you next week for some interviews. You're listening to the Dance of Life podcast with your host, Tudor Alexander. Join me weekly as I discuss my most meaningful life lessons and strategies on entrepreneurship, transformation, gratitude, and how to dance your way through life. For the latest content and bonus material, make sure you get subscribed using your favorite listening platform. And if you like today's episode or want to contribute to a future episode, share your ideas and keep the conversation going at danceoflife.com. And remember, life is short, so you might as well learn to dance your way through it. Until next time, I'm Tudor Alexander, and this is The Dance of Life.